Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Secret Artists Podcast. I'm your host, Annie McGrath, and I have a fantastic guest for you this week. His name is Alistair Beckett King. And he does some incredible 3D modelling on a computer. Blew my mind. He made a dinosaur in a hand on a computer. I know, right? I did some painting. We had a lovely chat about all things from magic to dinosaurs and everything in between. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Secret Art Pod to see our artworks. See you on the other side. Alistair Beckett-King is a wonderful comedian. He won Leicester Mercury Comedian of the Year in 2017 and has appeared on BBC's Mock the Week, BBC Radio 4 Extra and has performed stand-up at Glastonbury, the Edinburgh Festival and several international comedy festivals. Throughout the pandemic, he has made a series of brilliant online videos which have gone viral, including some animated sketches. So I have a feeling he's going to be a pretty good artist. And according to his website, he also knows quite a lot about 19th century magicians. Hello, Alistair. Hello, Annie. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. Please don't quiz me on 19th century magicians. I may not yeah. be able to, to <laughs> Luckily, deliver on I don't that. know anything about them. So I know I the names of some 19th century magicians. I'm not quite as into it as I was when I wrote that bio. Several, okay. <laughs> the first draft of that bio that that came from yeah. several years ago. All right, okay. I won't quiz you then. Masklin, um, David Devond. These are just some names of magicians. That's already more than I know. So yeah. um, you've smashed it. Um, I'm excited to uh, to talk to you about art. Have you? Have you? Do you consider yourself to be an artist? Yeah, but I, I, I think art's pretty broad. Like I think I think or anything that's pointless but people like is art, in my view. So okay. stand-up comedy's art and music's art. So I, I don't. Um, I don't have a strict fine art definition of art. Because mm-hmm. what, like what is stand-up if it's not art? People say it's pretentious to call it art, but that is what it is. You're doing yeah. a form of theatre, just accept it. Like, it annoys it, me that it's always listed in sort of nightlife rather than like art in newspapers yeah. and stuff. It's like, surely it's, it's art. As, surely it's know, art. Like ballet is art. Surely stand-up is art. Yeah. But um, there's just less references to willies in ballet. It's probably the reason. Actually, Although, ballet could do with a few what, more dick references. Well, the thing is, you can see them when the male dancers are out. You can see them most of the time. Yeah, quite it's quite clearly. weird that they don't reference it. They should reference it. People should be going like, "I can see the clear. I can clearly see the outline of it." Yeah. That's 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 surely that's why people are going in part. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I've I've never seen ballet, so I'm. I'm I've seen it once. I've had a physics teacher. He didn't even teach me physics, but he was a physics teacher at our school and he was also a ballerina. 
So oh. a group of us, when we were at school, went to watch him in a ballet. And I think it was weird seeing your physics teacher in Lycra. Yeah, but I suppose ballet is 90% physics, isn't it? Because if you get anything wrong, then you're just yes. straight through the wall or just breaking an arm or something. Yeah, so is physics you... art? Yes, everything's art. <laughs> Great. In conclusion, everything's art. Um, so have you chosen something for us to draw or paint today? No, I didn't know I had to. Sorry, did, oh, sorry. did it say that in the email? Did it say that? <laughs> I, I reread it to see if... Oh, no. I might have missed that out. Oh, um, no. That's all right. Is there something... I mean, we can just choose something now. Okay, what have I got? I've got... Uh, That's hand, cool. I've got a hand holding a dinosaur. That's uh, perfect. This is, a, this is a wooden hand. <laughs> and it's holding uh, what I think is a, a velociraptor. But I love that you just had that to hand. To be clear, this isn't to scale, obviously. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if that is... Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, hands are famously difficult to draw, so I think this is going to be a good challenge. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an artist's... This is one of those artist hands that you're supposed to draw, use to draw hands, but it's also a cheap one from eBay that doesn't in any way move like a human hand, so it's completely <laughs> useless. <laughs> it's really good. And tell me about the T-Rex. Uh, well, I think it's a Velociraptor, not a T-Rex. Sorry, Velociraptor. Um, so this is my girlfriend's. My girlfriend likes dinosaurs, so we've got mm -hmm. quite a few uh, little cheap rubber dinosaurs around the flat and this it's is one of sweet them. is it white it, we spray painted it white yes okay. so um which is what not color a, was it before d dinosaur colored i think okay uh, you know what general so, dinosaur colors khaki? reds and greens and browns reds they're khaki <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dinosaurs sort sort of, khaki. they're sort of corduroy aren't they dinosaurs yeah. <laughs> um, we don't know we don't know what color dinosaurs were they could have all been feathery That's probably true. Did you see that thing in the news recently where a four-year-old girl in oh, Wales... Sorry, the dinosaur fell on the floor, excuse me. <laughs> sorry. A four-year-old girl in Wales was out with her family on the beach and she just, she was like, Daddy, look at that. And there was an imprint on one of the stones in the sea that was a dinosaur print. Wow, like and a footprint. The, mom, the footprint, yeah. The mum reported it on Facebook. Such a mum thing to do. <laughs> Straight to Facebook. And it got picked up and it's now in a in a museum in Cardiff. Just because that kid spotted it? Yeah. Oh, well, that's brilliant. And she was interviewed on the news, just going like, nah, 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 holding a, a model dinosaur like that. <laughs> and the news reporter's like, do you think it was a T-Rex? And she's like, no, it's way too small for a T-Rex. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Yeah, That's brilliant. And there'll be so many paleontologists being like, oh, that yeah, kid. Yeah, exactly. I've been searching all my life for a discovery like that. Um, so where was it found? We've got the news article up on Barry, Barry Beach. Barry Beach. That's an amazing. That's an amazing, like, movie quality footprint. That's not like you get in real life, really. Yeah. That's a proper... It's almost <sighs> as if someone sort of carved it into yes. the... Yes. <laughs> it's exactly like someone carved it. I quite want your face in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we hold it. Yeah, up a bit. <laughs> Are you going to draw me? Don't draw me. Well, I don't know. You've got such a brilliant face for um, um and hair. Your hair. I just I think about your hair a lot. <laughs> it is exceptional. Do you, do you get commented on it? Do you complimented on it quite regularly? Commented and complimented. Um, yeah. But yes, not uh, comments are compliments are a subset of the comments <laughs> I receive about the hair. It's not universally loved. Oh, really? So what are you working with today? Did you say you are going to do sort of... A... Well, I don't know. I got out a sketch pad and pencils and stuff, but I mostly yeah. do things on computers. So I, so I thought I might do a, like a 3D model or a drawing in Photoshop or something, because that's what I would normally do in my normal 
art life. So when you say a 3D model on like, Photoshop, will like you Like explain? a 3D model in the computer 3D model. Like, yeah, that, is, um, that sounds incredible. And I don't really understand how that works. Because that way bit, nobody will know um, if I'm good at drawing. But yeah. I, am, I am quite good at drawing, but I'm not a fine artist. So I I'm quite ignorant when it comes to digital art. So how do you go about making a 3D model on Photoshop? Well, I, I would, I would, I'm going to use Blender 3D if, it, if I make a 3D model. And mm -hmm. uh, so 3D models are made up out of polygons. So it's a little bit like sculpting with clay, but it's also a little bit like if you were making an origami shape by folding pieces of paper and gluing them in. So it's a, it's, um, uh, there's not many sort of real world analogs, but you construct shapes using points and points make lines and then lines make surfaces and then a, a series of surfaces together make volumes. Does that make sense? It sounds, yeah, it does make sense. You've blown my mind already. <laughs> I'm using um, paint. Have you heard of it? <laughs> yeah, I can't do paint. I can draw. Um, it always used to bother me when I was a kid because I could draw, but I couldn't paint. And I still can draw and I still can't paint. And, um, I bet you and then I read Peter Ackroyd's biography of Blake, which characterized him as belonging to the tradition of the English Gothic, mm. where, which is all about outline and light and shade. Yeah. And I realized it's not that I can't paint. I'm just in the tradition of the English Gothic, and that's why <laughs> I'm no good with colour, and I just want to do light and shade and outlines. I'm yeah. just I'm just too much of a goth. I'm just William I Blake. Love that. I think I'm reason. way more into colour than um, specificity. So paint is definitely my medium. It's it's so I don't. Um, and one of the reasons that I quite like working virtually or with pencils mm. is you can you can erase things easily. Whereas I find it very difficult when you work in any medium that has a grain of its own. Mm. Like working with wood is difficult and fabric because they've got all like, oh, no, you can't do that. I'm fabric. Or, yeah, yeah. oh, no, you can't cut me that way. I'm a piece of wood. I, I like working like I like making props for films out of polystyrene and stuff because you can make it any shape. And it, yeah. it has virtually no weight. And so it has no opinions about how it ought to be put together. Yeah. And Are it you... doesn't need to last for more than a couple of days. It just That's needs to true. look good. Um, and you animate your own videos as well, don't you? Do you use this? The I, um... I do use these tools to do animation for yeah. for my humorous online video output. <laughs> I've started painting, by the way. I don't know if you oh, started. Oh, well, oh no! I, I better start. Sorry, I thought we were still talking. Right, I'm going to put. But yeah, we're going to try and continue the talking whilst next to the screen. Um, where oh, are I... you self-taught, or did you? Did you go to art college or where did you learn animation uh, and drawing? So, I, um, so I'm self-taught when it comes to animation and um, uh, drawing and stuff. Mm. I mean, uh, um, I did. I went to film school, but they don't teach you that sort of thing at film school. I did mm. briefly teach fine art students how to use Photoshop and stuff. Uh, and that was quite interesting because I got to do things like photocopy, um, uh, scan in art textbooks and learn about Marcel Duchamp and stuff like that, mm. uh, which nice. was interesting. That it, that sort of blew my mind that the that there had been a debate in among artists about whether you could, had to mix your own paint to really be an artist because it makes no sense if you come from a film perspective. Yeah, it makes no sense to think that art has to be made from scratch. It's just a nonsense <laughs> idea because it's film. In film, you just grab a whole loads of things together and point a camera at it, yeah. and then it's art. Yeah. You don't have to have made the humans in the film. Or, you don't have to the, have, you don't have to have built the camera. Built the building or the camera. Yeah, it, it's absolutely incomprehensible to me. So where do you stand on um 
works that are produced by like the studio of um you know if it's not the artist themselves yeah i mean that's they... pure commerce isn't it that's just yeah. people making money come on stop cheating uh, yeah <laughs> okay good come on the factory or whatever it was called no yeah. uh, this i'm i also a big fan of walter benjamin's thing about the the work of art in the age of mechanical reproduction um the sort of uh, i want a better word cultural marxist mm. text about the fact that originality in art is principally a, a a commercial thing you know the the importance of the original is all about preserving the 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 value that an original has uh, but in in modern times right. uh, the concept of the original is meaningless and again film simplifies that a great deal because of course there's no original version of the film what do you mean you know the mm -hmm. the first print of a film is that the original it doesn't make any sense there's no such thing it's That's it's incomprehensible film yeah. simplifies a lot of the questions that have um baffled and troubled uh philosophers of art so do you think there's no, no original art? I think the original, uh, it's not that originality isn't important. It's that the original, it doesn't matter. Like if you see the Mona Lisa or you see uh, something that looks just like the Mona Lisa, it's mm. no different is, is my people. We, we like to imagine a, a, a sort of special relationship with the artist is produced by looking at the, the thing that, you know, the, the painting that their brush touched. Mm. And my contention would be that that's completely imaginary. And so do you think therefore that doesn't in, reside in the artwork? In comedy as well, like with jokes and... Um... Well, yeah, like I think practically speaking, don't steal people's jokes. But, <laughs> but in reality, uh, in, yeah, the question of um, being original, it just, it's, a, it's a very modernist problem. Like mm. uh, all the you know medieval texts all begin with someone told me this story. Mm. Nobody claims to have thought of it. Um, in, in fact, it's fashionable to pretend that you didn't write it because that suggests that you know um, the person to whom the story happened told you, or or that uh, I don't know um, the muse, the gods told you it. It also makes you less vulnerable to criticism. If and it makes you like, less vulnerable. That's a terrible story. Like, yeah, well, someone just told you. I'm, I'm just telling you. I just someone wrote it down. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so I like that. So the, the obsession that we have with originality, I think, is... Um, it, and it, it, there's a big backlash against postmodernism and its, uh, uh, its attack on the concept of originality. But uh, I'm not a huge fan of postmodern writing, but... I think it's a reaction to to the modernist obsession with originality, which for me that was the the blip. Mm -hmm. It was unusual that we were so obsessed with originality and original voices at that time for that in the twentieth century. Yeah, I want to talk. To, sorry, no, I'm being really pretentious because and I'm doing a really, no, really I'm doing some really bad art here. <laughs> You're being great. And um, what? How have you started with your three D modeling? I'm trying to do a hand first because I thought that would be easier than doing the dinosaur. Yeah, I started it. with the hand and as well I'm regretting it because now the dinosaur has to fit into the hand. Uh -huh. Yes. I think I should have probably done the outline of all of it first. But I have more flexibility than, than you to change things once it's finished. Though, oh, that's I'm true. Because I'm on a computer. So if I make a mistake, I can go back on it. But equally, this is, this is, this is going to be bad. <laughs> this is bad, listener. Be warned. 
So do you fill in the colour as well or do you leave it sort of gothic in your style of... I think I might have to leave it gothic because, because um, A, I'm, I am part of the English gothic tradition. Yeah. Whether, whether <laughs> they want me or not. <laughs> everyone knows that about me. They're like, ABK, is there the one who's part of the English gothic tradition? Yeah, 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 yeah that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but also, because I'm just not, I'm just not so good with colour. Uh, you know, I, I see artists who are, bril who are brilliant at... Um, who are brilliant with it, and everything mm. I do is essentially monochrome or two colours. I want to talk about your videos, which I've absolutely loved throughout Thank lockdown. They're, they're also like very visually attractive and quite glossy. Do you think that's... like? I, I don't know what, what, whether you think that's important that comedy looks good or whether that can detract from the comedy. I don't think in yours it does. But... <laughs> Thank you. I, I, there is a general attitude, isn't there, that um, if it's funny, it's funny. And, yeah. uh, and that too much time trying destroys comedy, you know. And in fact, yeah. also that comedy ought to be effortless. And in fact, you shouldn't put effort into it. And mm -hmm. I think that's a sort of macho bullshit, for want of a better word. Mm -hmm. um, I think trying hard makes things better, usually. I'm, I'm just a huge tryhard. But and also, also trying hard can make things funnier, I think. Yes, if putting you... too much effort into things, working too hard, devoting way too much to something stupid really appeals to me. Yeah. And so obviously there are, you know, the it's so bad it's good phenomenon totally exists. Mm -hmm. You know, you, yeah, some things are good because the person has made no effort. Yeah. But you know, there's people who are sort of uh, exist on the cusp of that, like... Um, like Limmy, where uh, you know, because mm -hmm. some of Limmy's output is really crummily put together and absolutely hilarious because mm -hmm. of it, but also some of it is really sort of meticulously done and incredibly cleverly constructed. Yeah, and I guess part of the fun is you don't know which one you're going to get. Did you make a conscious decision with yours to make them look nice, or is that just because I'm just you... a nerd? Uh, I, I, <laughs> it's just that I can, you know, because yeah. I have the, uh, you know, when lockdown began. I was already making a few films, but most of the, mm. film, the little video films, <laughs> as, if, uh, as if I'm Citizen Kane, I mean, <laughs> as if I'm Orson Welles. Um, but I'd already done a few. But at that time, a lot of people went, oh, okay, right, well, now I need to learn how cameras work. Mm. But I already knew how cameras work. So yeah. I just had a head start on some people. And, but yeah, for me, the, you know, if I do, like I did this week, if I do a silent movie spoof, mm. well, I've, I've seen silent movies. And mm. it, it it bothers me when people do a, a pastiche, which is not a, which is a pastiche of a pastiche. Um, right. Like, you know, so if I do a, my film noir spoof looks like film noirs because I've seen film noirs. It's not based on other spoofs of film noirs. Yeah. Uh, um, and the, yeah, the same with the silent movie. It's not based on a secondhand version of silent movies. It's based on silent movies. Mm -hmm. And it looks quite like silent movies. And it has, like, I put, when the splice happens in the middle of a shot, I put sellotape on that, you know, fake digital sellotape to make it look like the two shots have been taped together. Because that's what silent movies look like when their tapes are, that's what movies look like in general when, mm. you, when you splice well, I didn't know together. digital sellotape was a thing. There is no such a thing as digital sellotape. I just put something on the frame that looks like how sellotape okay. looks when it goes through a projector. Because that's very cool. it, that's, I don't know who that's for. <laughs> it's for me because, <laughs> yeah. it, because it pleases me. I, I always think of, um, and I've, I, I, if I, 
I may have mentioned this on other podcasts talking about art and stuff, but mm. like, you know, I'm a, obviously I'm a fan of the films of Monty Python and famously, mm. uh, uh, you know, Cleese and Chapman got arsey with the Terries when they were making um, Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Because they were too focused on how it looked, you know, saying, mm. oh, was the, was the smoke funny enough in that take and that sort of thing. But I really yeah. I think the Terrys were absolutely right, that the fact that the, that, that film and Life of Brian look pretty much like how movies look is yeah. a huge part of why it's funny. Because if those films had looked like carry-on films, they wouldn't have the legacy that they have. If they'd yeah. all looked like they were shot in a, in a, in a you know, Elstree or Pinewood. Mm-hmm rather than on location and quite naturalistically, it isn't as funny to, to mm-hmm. do all that ludicrous stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it, it matters. It matters that it looks like a film because it is a film. Yeah. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Going back to magicians. <laughs> I know you said you don't really, you're not as obsessed as you used to be. Yes. Um, but I wondered how you got into magic and if you think there's, if you yourself do magic and how you think comedy and magic are related, if indeed you do think they are. That's interesting. Uh, obviously, everyone hates magicians. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm uh, not keen to admit that I was a, a child magician, but obviously I was. You, Why do you think that is that will you say that everyone hates magicians? Uh, is it? uh, it's not magic. It's the magicians who are the problem. Right. Uh, uh, they are not, not universally, but um, uh, the worst qualities that comedians have, uh, the worst sort of... Um, macho bullied nerd finally getting his revenge yeah uh, and they're like the, having to be superior I yes guess, exactly is... and demonstrating you know this a lot of people when they start out in comedy definitely me have loads of bits about uh situations in which they win in their stories and then uh, right. uh, uh so I, you know i did i've always been self-deprecating but i also told stories about how clever i was in various situations mm-hmm. uh you know the sort of spiritless gallier thing Lascalia, whatever it is, that when you find, think of what you should have said, yeah, and then you turn it into a standard routine in which you did say that, that's yeah. quite satisfying. Uh, yeah. But it's not necessarily very generous, um, and it's not necessarily good to do that. But the ma- 
magicians get to do that all the time, constantly be <laughs> constantly be right and constantly win. Mm. And I think the better magicians find ways of shifting around who is the magical person. There's lots of tricks that place the, the audience member in the position of mm. seeming to do wonderful things. But obviously there's an attraction for uh for nerds. But it's it's uh it's much more like cinema, magic. Mm. And how did you get into it? Um, I, I can't remember. I was, I've always been obsessed with it as a kid. I always wanted to be a magician. I, my, I, my hands aren't quick enough. Um, just like I wanted to do animation and drawing and stuff, but I'm too slow, which is why I'm really tense now. Because, <laughs> because I didn't tense. realize I was going to be doing it <laughs> within a limited period of time oh, on my sorry. podcast. Well, no, there's no real time limit. I hope there um, isn't. Do, do, your, do your listeners like five hour long episodes? Yeah, it's just like a slow TV. This is a slow podcast. Really slow podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what made you stop doing magic? Was it that feeling? Of... Uh, it was a realisation that my left hand is too slow, among other things. I can't do any sleights of hand with my left hand. Are you um, left-handed? I'm right-handed. Uh, okay. I, I know I give the impression that I would be left-handed, don't I? Yeah, you do, actually. Yeah. And I'm very <laughs> First happy thing I that. thought about you. Yeah. ABK, the, uh, mm, the he's in the tradition of the English Gothic yeah. and is a left-handed magician. Yeah. No, actually. Twist. I'm, I'm not left-handed. <laughs> so could you not have just done the magic with your right hand? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like saying, a, I guess a footballer could just do football with one foot. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess they do have a Well, they, do, they are sort of placed. I, I, I shouldn't have used a football analogy, should I? I don't know anything about football. I've made a fool no, of myself That's a good there. analogy. <laughs> but no, um, I, just, I just wasn't good enough at it, which is something that I find very difficult to admit because I don't like being not good at things. When I'm not good at things, I just don't... I try not to do them at all. Right. So were you... Um, did you move straight from magic to comedy or... Or were you always sort of doing comedy with your magic? I was well? always trying to do film. I never, I never, I did lots of magic tricks. I can still do a few, but I never, I ah. never performed. Can you do magic. any on Zoom? Um, I don't, uh, I don't think I have a deck of cards here. No, um, that's fine. I could maybe do a French drop, like a tiny, simple <gasps> sleight of hand. Yeah. Maybe a lid. No, that's too big. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is, this is, this is, trick for the listeners. This is very this is just boring for me, really. podcast material. All right. So, okay. Um, so this is uh, the French drop. I don't actually know whether... The... Will you describe I what you're doing to... for the listener? I might need to reposition the camera so you can see me. Here. Yeah, um, that's fine. Oh, all right. There we go. Okay. So this is a French drop. So it, it involves taking a coin from one hand to the other and then mm -hmm. going, bah, and making it disappear. <gasps> it's the simplest trick in the world. <laughs> oh, wow. So the other reason I'm bad at magic is I immediately like to explain how a trick works. So in the French drop, you hold a coin uh, between the, uh, the the thumb and two forefingers of one hand. Yeah. And then you yeah. appear to take it using the thumb and fingers of the other hand. Yeah. But actually all you're doing is allowing it to drop into the palm of the first hand. So it's, wow. uh, it's, it's the simplest slight in the world, but it's all about making people, keeping your eyes on the hand that doesn't contain the coin to give the impression that the coin is in there. That's really cool. Thank, thank you. That is the <laughs> lowest, the, the lowest bar possible for, for magic. I love that. So that, yeah, you're not supposed to do that, isn't that? You're not supposed the... to, but that's why I kicked me out. Yeah, they uh, they kicked you out. They kicked you kept out. telling everyone yeah. uh, well, how easy it is and how it's because, done. Perhaps it's because fooling people didn't wasn't the big thing for me. The magic mm. of how it works. A lot of people think like when you find out how comedy works, you stop enjoying comedy, or um, when mm. you find out how a film is made, it ruins the film. And I've just never experienced that. Um, oh, that's good. For me, knowing how it works makes it even better. 
because then you get to enjoy it twice. You get to enjoy the effect mm. of the illusion and you get to enjoy the the knowledge of the, you know, the intricate technique that goes into it, which I guess is why obviously some people are naturally funny, but screw those guys. Um, <laughs> and gals. And but, girls, they're letting women yep, do it now. Yep, too. yep. <laughs> and some of them are naturally funny. Some people, I, I guess, are naturally funny. I know. But it's nice to realise through doing stand-up that actually most people are putting quite a lot of effort into it. And it isn't, mm. it isn't just about being naturally brilliant at everything and it just comes out of you like, uh, a, you know, a, a fountain. Yeah. It's, people do have to put effort in. So do you find you still laugh as much as watching a stand-up as you did before you were a stand-up? That would probably be an overstatement. <laughs> but um, yeah. but I do still laugh. I, the thing, I think the thing that changes is you, just, you learn the tricks. So I'm not yeah. going to laugh at your heckle put-down now as much as I would have then. Because yeah. I've, seen it, I've seen it before. I've heard that line before. I've, I've, seen this, I've been in this situation many times before. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. You, you, you sort of get the impression that comedians don't really like jokes sometimes and, uh, or, or don't, don't like comedy. And I think that's weird because I really like comedy. Yeah. Um, I enjoy jokes. And yeah. I, I, I've just no time for, you know, I like um, weird, clever comedy as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. But I've no time for this sort of elitism whereby oh, the, the only real comedy is is, you know, proper sixth form student comedy that deconstructs everything and that people hate. I hate that. Yeah, it was a bit I like that kind of, sort of comedy. fad to sort of think, to not like Michael McIntyre was like quite a trendy thing at one point, wasn't it? Yeah. People being like, it's just observational. It's like, it's yeah, like but... Anybody could have noticed that. Well. Yeah, but he did and he became a millionaire. So, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know, I, which is not to say that becoming a millionaire is the measure of being a good comedian. Mm-hmm. But but the, I think there are people... That's a relief. You know. <laughs> <laughs> there's a weird, a weird, weird thing whereby um, I think people genuinely think that people are pretending to enjoy comedy for one reason or another. Mm. Like, like people reckon that the wokes, the wokes. Have you heard about the wokes? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't believe what the wokes are up to. They're out there. They do ah, they're doing all sorts of stuff. I'm not aware of any of the details, but apparently it's terrible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like that doesn't apply to stand-up. People pretend... I think it's, like, one of the few art forms people don't have to pretend to like. No! It's like theatre, yes, people do pretend to like it because I think there's some, like, intellectual snobbery there. Yes. And laughing at, you know, jokes in theatre. People do yeah. much. Like, I feel like people pretend to do that much more than in comedy if they don't. I mean, maybe there are a few people it. actually working in comedy who are ashamed to admit they don't like Stuart Lee or something. Um, and they should be, but <laughs> but most people, the, there's the idea I think that, um, and it, we we have the idea we among the wokes. I'm calling us the wokes now. We yeah, have no. this idea that everybody's just pretending to enjoy, you know, the, the conservative comedy. But no, yeah. the people who go to see Jim Davidson are laughing, mm-hmm. and the people who yeah. go to see the woke comedy are also mm-hmm. genuinely laughing because people have different senses of humour, and I find mm-hmm. it incomprehensible that this isn't obvious. And that people yeah. actually think someone is just out there pretending to enjoy something for, for woke points. It's like, oh, yeah. why would you do that? We, it's funny. We like it. Hmm. Have you got any favourite artists, Alistair? So are we talking about fine artists? 
Um, um, well, up to you, really. Yeah, I was thinking fine artists, but as we've established, physics is art. So, um, <laughs> yeah, my, no, Einstein. my practically broad definition of art. Um, yeah. So I'm, I, I, okay, I'm mainly a, a, a film. I'm maybe, mainly a moving pictures person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm having William Blake, if that's okay. Yeah, um, I love William. Even Blake. though he's mainly known as a poet. I mean, he's, he was mainly known as nothing at the time because he wasn't famous. But well, he did some incredible paintings. Were his not paintings? He did some paintings. Uh, so yeah. the, uh, the the dream of a flea is probably mm-hmm. the most famous one, which is creepiest flip. But uh, but most of his work were um, he was an engraver by trade, and so most mm-hmm. of his stuff were engravings. But he, using his own unique engraving technique that was uh, frankly bizarre um, and uh, produces very distinctive and strange looking stuff. Oh, I'm just going to bring you a flea? ghost of that? a flea. I'm sorry. It's not the dream of a flea. It's the ghost of a flea. Yeah, that is very creepy, isn't it? And then there's, you can see uh, in the same picture, there's Urizen leaning down with his compass. And also, mm. uh, I think that's Nebuchadnezzar in the cave looking like me. Crossed with Tom Baker on hands and knees. <laughs> Me, if I was more buff, uh, but my toenails do look like that, so that is accurate. You need a pedicure. Yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's amazing. I also loved his poems because we did um, romantic poetry for a bit when I did A Level English, and he was one of my absolute faves. That was when I also, yeah, doing A Level English is when I discovered William Blake, and I was like, no wonder they don't teach this to kids because the whole the whole system would fall apart. This is yeah, mind blowing stuff. Couldn't I believe thought. that um, he's he was so sort of anti organized religion and wrote Jerusalem, which is now like yeah. sung in church and at weddings. Super, Every time it's super sung, like, ironic. do you know this is? Do you know the point of this? <laughs> yeah, that it, it's, he hated uh, you guys. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous that that's what he's remembered for. Yeah, um, uh, it's a a great reminder of there is. There's a lot of bitterness and entitlement in in comedy. A lot of people mm. going, you know, I'm I'm good. Why haven't I got these breaks and uh, mm-hmm. and so on? And the 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 answer to it is just that things are unfair. Things are really unfair. Mm. And um, I don't mean that that's fine. It's just that it's not. It's normal. There doesn't have to be mm. a conspiracy against your career to to prevent you from making it. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you're performing comedy regularly for money. You've made it. Sorry, bad bad news. That's making it. Um, yeah. The fact that you haven't got your own uh, BBC One sitcom. Mm. That, that's that's not it. The the thing is, you get to actually do it to people. You get to do for comedy a for a living yeah. for money, yeah. like you were, yeah. like you dreamed of. That's yeah. making it. Come on. Thank you. I needed this pep talk. <laughs> I don't mean to. It's just that it it breeds so many. Um, no, you know, but you're right. There's so much. You just all of the sort of alt right bitterness that has crept into some parts of comedy, where it's like um, a, a a black woman kept me off the TV by being jokes or whatever the opinion is uh, this yeah. week. It's like no, that isn't what that isn't what happened. It's so weird. Yeah. Have you found? Um... Were you making your videos before lockdown or were they a result of the pandemic? I think them doing a bit better was a result of the pandemic. So having a few mm-hmm. that went sort of semi-viral was definitely yeah. part of the, uh, thank, thanks to COVID, which has worked out brilliantly for me. So um, great work, <laughs> everyone involved in that. Has that made you sort of 
change your outlook on what you want to be doing or do you still love doing live work well it's it's weird now because i get yeah i absolutely miss hearing people laugh at the jokes having Mm -hmm. uh, it's a huge part of it and making videos on your own is really tiring and hard work Mm -hmm. um you know sort of doing it and sort of directing yourself Uh, i end up having to do so many takes because i'm such a horrible actor it's so difficult but I can't tell whether I'm doing it right until you know. So I have to do it and then watch it back and then do it again. Um, it's really, that might really. Just make difficult. you a perfectionist rather than a horrible actor. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it might. I don't really know if I believe in perfectionism. I think there are just normal people and slackers. Um, that, I'm not sure I can stand by that as an opinion. Oh, I love that. But I said it, so it's in the podcast. You now. said it. It exists now in the world. How can I be a perfectionist when I'm aware of all of the flaws in everything I have ever produced? Come on. (laughs) How could I I be? How's Um, your um, dino hand coming along? I've got a dinosaur and a hand. Um, Do you want to see? Sounds like you're smashing it then. Yeah, let's have a look. All right. Um, I mean, it's not looking. Okay. Um, I'm going to switch over. There you go. Now you can see. I've got a dinosaur and a hand. (gasps) But that is so cool. The dinosaur has no oh my has God, it, himself has no hands, so it's not quite a dinosaur. Has the dinosaur got a belly button? Has he? Oh no, that's just a little mark. He does look like he's got a lovely little piercing. <laughs> that's the coolest thing I've ever They're seen. They're not in scale yet, so there we go. That's more in scale. I just am so impressed by what you're doing that you could literally have done anything. If that it is looks yes. so good. It's like any any technology sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. So I feel because like because you don't know how to do it, it's impressive. The future. I think it you're it is not very impressive what I've done here. It is very impressive. But I'm gonna do some amazing lighting or something. The last how <laughs> how long have we got left? Is there a ticking clock? <laughs> On the like... screen. Mommy, do dinosaurs have belly buttons? <laughs> um there's a book called Mummy Do Dinosaurs, dinosaurs Have That sounds like Christian business to me like no because they weren't created by god christian no i wasn't um oh. I, I wasn't raised christian what, what do i give the impression of being a christian you give the impression of being a lapsed christian oh <laughs> i don't know whether to be insulted or complimented <laughs> I don't know. I just, <laughs> you give I, the I was... impression of having succumbed to sin <laughs> yeah you um i'm impressed by how much you've avoided like every time you've come to swear you've said something like flip or <laughs> <laughs> and I think that makes yeah. me think that oh, maybe you were brought up Christian. No, I, I, I didn't. I, I never used to swear. Uh, and, and basically, I, yeah. You've got t- younger siblings. One, but that's not it. I just I was just too uptight, I think, when I was a kid. I just didn't do it. Um, mm. But then um, a series of Tory governments have made that impossible to maintain. <laughs> so I do swear now. Uh, yeah. But, but not well. Uh, it doesn't suit me. Doesn't you know, come like naturally. Hearing, it's like a primary school teacher swearing when I do it, it and and it's and it's usually an indicator of genuine anger, which is why it's unpleasant. I can't, I can't swear in a fun way like some people do. Okay, so I'll know if you swear on this. You're absolutely furious. <laughs> absolutely livid. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you own any art in your in your house? Um. I've got a few. I have. Um, 19th century etchings of birds that I bought oh, wow. from my partner. So a, a spoon beak and a coot and uh, a ptarmigan. Uh, Amazing. I've got a, a, a Mexican calavera. Um, I can't remember what her name is. The woman with the big hat, if you know that one. Oh, yeah. And I think nice. a couple of illustrations by Arthur Rackham. I, I like stories. So all of the 
I like illustrations, which is mm. one of the reasons why I guess that I didn't get along with fine art properly. So I've always liked illustrators like Dumas and Rackham mm. because then they're just drawing fairy tales, which is totally what I'm into. Have you seen than... the Paula Rago exhibition? No. At I... the Tate. You should go and see that. I don't know who she is, day. I'm afraid. She's a Portuguese artist and she does... It's interesting seeing her exhibition because there's different rooms and her style changes like totally throughout her lifetime from like really abstract paintings to quite dark, like realistic, mm. figurative work. But she also has lots of drawings and etchings of sort of fairy tales. Like oh, she's yeah. Got, um, I think it's, it's Captain Hook holding one of the lost boys and it's quite a beautiful drawing, but it's, yeah, it's almost like quite magical, her stuff. Yeah. So she did lots of paintings that were to try and get the abortion law passed in mm. um, Portugal. So these sort of solitary uh, portraits of women by themselves, like having yeah. had sort of illegal abortions. But then her later stuff is a bit, I'm trying to find the... A bit more cheerful. The more, more sort of magical, not necessarily cheerful. They still <laughs> have like a darkness to them. But, but yeah, I love etchings. They They feel like such sort of physical drawings. I like etchings and woodcuts. I did like, mm. uh, I liked Otto uh, Dies, Otto Dix, don't know his name. Uh, oh, and yeah. the, the other German expressionists um, whose, yeah. whose names I can't remember. Uh, mm -hmm. the, you know, the ones working with, you know, big black and whites and, um, and woodcuts and that sort of thing. Admittedly, mm. I probably liked them because of their influence on German expressionist cinema and film noir, which is, yeah. the, which is the main thing that I was interested in. So where did you, you know, the pictures you've got in your house, do you, did you collect them from like different art fairs or shops or? What, no, these you... are all uh, old, um, old prints from books, I think, that you, oh, you get cool. from sort of antiquarian bookshops for, for not very much money is, yeah. is what, is what I have. And they're, and they are, they are the kind of thing I like. They're outlines with a little bit of color, but they're mainly, mm. they're mainly outlines, outline based. Yeah, so that's how, I, how I like it. Monochrome. Yeah, it, or if if not exactly monochrome, you know, there's they're, they're sort of the 19th century prints are sort of um, watercolored a little to yeah. uh, or, or either maybe lithographs, I don't know, but nice. Um, but that's not what I like. I like I like me some outlines. <laughs> My art teacher at school always like warned us against outlining our work too much. Mm. I think he was quite a good painter, so that'll be it. Because that would be the reason I'm not a, properly a good artist. It's not having been warned. Well, you keep saying that, but I think you are. <laughs> yeah, to like look for the shapes and the, the shapes within objects and the light and the dark, rather than like outlining a hand and outlining a dinosaur. I remember being uh, on a student film production in a, in a school, and um, there were children's drawings up on the wall, and they'd been given pictures as resources, and it was people who live in the um, uh the rainforest i don't know which one um mm. so you know with you know very traditional uh uh clothing and sort of you know hats to protect them from the sun and the rain yeah and there the was a wall that fascinated me because it was uh it, it was all kids drawings of of a single woman who was uh was sitting with very strong sunlight on her face with mm -hmm. a hat on and so um the parts of her that were in shadow were completely black you know this is a a, a film photograph on 35 yeah. millimeter black and white film very yeah. very high contrast 
and so you could just you know you couldn't you couldn't see one of her eyes at all because it was shadowed by the um the, the hat mm-hmm. and what fascinated me about it was that every every child bar one drew both eyes on the woman because they knew oh, really? she had they know she has a second eye yeah so they've drawn it but one child had just outlined the light and dark in the picture and it looked it, his or her picture uh their picture we could say mm. was almost incomprehensible you couldn't make any sense of it it looked like a bad drawing until you realized what that child was doing and you think i'd, I'd love to know if that child were neurodivergent in some way because mm. that child drew what was in the picture the light parts and the dark parts yeah, whereas that's everybody the else, only child who had looked. Yes, probably. whereas everybody else had gone, I know what a face looks like, so I'll put the yeah. eye there and I'll put the other eye there. And uh, I think that's, it's, uh, it, uh, I just found it utterly fascinating the way that we have, um, I don't know, the way that we think of looking at things as being receptive mm-hmm. when it, it's highly selective and even constructive when making things when we look at them. Um, mm-hmm. we, and those people, all, those kids all made a, an eye when they looked at the eye. Thick kids. Absolutely thick. <laughs> stupid, stupid children. <laughs> if they'd been there, I would have just yelled at a lot of them. Oh, yeah. I'm doing half your face now. What? Oh, Spe- no. Speaking of only one eye, because I don't want to... Um, <laughs> I don't want to cheat the proportion and squish your whole face in, because I haven't left enough room to do all of it. Okay, well, that's going to be a bold... Uh, a bold aesthetic choice just having half eyes. of my face yeah sort of similar color to the made the t-rex a slightly bluey white you've got blue eyes haven't you i do blue blue, blue gray they're not very not very nice they look nice i think they're similar to mine actually blue, oh, if they're similar to yours then they're lovely <laughs> they're really nice that, like just mine. top absolutely top eyes <laughs> your parents ginger my dad's Auburn, I think, Auburn. and my mum isn't. Um, Both blue-eyed. I th- think my dad is blue-eyed. I don't know what my <laughs> I don't know what colour my mum's eyes are. <laughs> really? Uh, but I I, w- I can recognise her from a lineup. So um, a lineup of mums. A, a lineup of mums. If you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It'd be a good game show. <laughs> Whose mum is this? <laughs> That's mine. Well done. You win. Yeah, it's a bit easier if it's your own mum, I guess. It it does make it a little bit easier. (laughs) Are you going to model yourself in 3D or just the hand and the I'm I'm not putting me in it, no, um, because the hair would be too difficult to do. (laughs) The hair's the best bit of mine, I think. I've gone for a sort of... I've mixed... um, What's that? It's like a fluorescent pink with a burnt umber. Oh, I like a bit of burnt umber. Abstract or realism? Um, I I don't like abstract art, but I don't like realism either. <laughs> but <laughs> if I have to choose um, realism, I like things to be depictions of things. Okay. So what? But do you I like don't care. Abs- I, but I don't care for. Um, I don't care whether the depictions are naturalistic. But I I don't like. Uh, I don't like. Uh, this is not really a quick fire answer, is it? No, no. But I'm interested. Yeah. Um, so I, I I prefer things to be somewhat expressionistic or something like that. Yeah. That's what I always liked. Um, I'm not bothered about uh, the the appearance of realism. Okay, so you like Edvard Munch, that sort Munch, of thing? Munch, yeah, I like him, yeah. 
he's good. Did you see um, the Tracy Emin Monk exhibition at the RA? No, I didn't. I did see did a, I did see a Monk exhibition at um, the Tate. It would be about five years ago now, which is oh, very nice. Which was very good. Yeah, um, I love his stuff. At the modern, the Tate modern. Mm. Um, yes, I do like Monk. Um, but I yeah, but I, I'm always interested in fantastical things. Mm-hmm. Um, magical realism, maybe. Ma- I, yeah, I didn't really know what magical realism was until someone explained it to me recently, and then I was like, oh yeah, that is what I like. That's the genre yeah. I like. Um, I think that's what I like too. Okay, next quick question. <laughs> <laughs> Tate Modern or Tate Britain? I don't really enjoy going to galleries that much. I've seen more stuff I liked at the Tate Modern. Mm-hmm. No criticism meant of the Tate Britain. It's just how many drawings of Jesus or cows do you want to look at? Loads. <laughs> Give me more. Put, put um, the two together, what's... Jesus and cows, I say. Nobody has dared to do that. Jesus on a cow. Jesus on a cow. Um, what don't you like about going to galleries? Um, there's far too many religious paintings for me. I'm just not that bothered about it. Far too many. Elapsed Christian. <laughs> I don't know how you got that rumor started. Uh, far too, too, far too many just paintings of wealthy patrons of the artist. Like I'm just not bothered about mm-hmm. seeing Lady This and That and her husband. Yeah. Like I don't care. Like what? Boring. <laughs> That's boring, isn't it? Lady This and That. Just not interested in that. Yeah. Dawn or dusk? Uh, dusk. I'm not awake at dawn. Matisse or Magritte? I don't think I know Magritte well enough to say. I, I've always disliked Matisse, but I'm mm-hmm. going to go with Matisse. Let me Google what Magritte looks like so I can remember. Magritte does, the, his most famous one I think is Son of Man. So the top hat, the bowler hat man with the apple. Oh, I beg your pardon. Oh yeah, so I'm th- then, uh, then that surreal. guy, the guy I just heard about. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was always not a big fan of Matisse's cut out, cutting out things and sticking them on the wall. Mm, how come? Uh, anyone could do that. I, I think it's because I found out about it when I was young and had a very sort yeah. of Daily Mail or The Sun. Oh, my five-year-old could do that attitude <laughs> about it. Well, that's not the right accent. It should be more. Oh, my five-year-old could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was blind when he did it, so fair play to him. Oh well, good luck. That yeah, fair enough. That was kind of ableist of me to uh, to say that. Sorry, Magritte. I mean Matisse. I don't know. <laughs> same thing. They're all the same men. Yeah, let's not split hairs. <laughs> Rom-com or Scandi Noir? Scandi Noir. Any Noir, frankly, but I, I do enjoy a Scandi Noir. I loved your Scandi Noir um, sketch slash short film, by Thank the way. Thank you. <laughs> my short art work, my short installation. Um, writing or performing? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm terrible at both of them, I think. Um, <laughs> You're I, not. I'm just I, laughing at how you. continually <laughs> self-deprecating you are. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I always thought that I would be better at writing. I never intended to be a performer. Uh, but I do enjoy performing more. Mm. Performing is enjoyable and writing is not at all enjoyable in the slightest. Writing's um, harder to stay motivated, I think. So much more difficult in every respect, writing. Yeah. Um, but, um, I just, uh, uh, but it's, um, it's more rewarding, is it? Do I, do I enjoy it at all in any way? <laughs> Just don't know. Harry Keller or Harry Houdini? Um, I'm going to go... Harry Keller is also a magician. Is that 
correct? I think so. Yes. I was hoping you'd know I that. don't know Keller. Houdini is, is a great magician. Um, so I'm going to go with Houdini because he's more famous and because I can't remember anything that Keller did. Nice. Well, I don't know. I think I just Googled 19th century magicians and then was like, they, they're both called Harry and <laughs> Alistair will know. Oh, I've been caught out once again. What a fraud I am. <laughs> Tortured artist or logical detective? Uh, a logical detective for me, please. Um, I'm, I'm fine with... Uh, I find with people having, uh, I'm, I want to be supportive of people's mental health challenges, but mm-hmm. uh, but. but I think they are, but uh, <laughs> stop whinging, lads uh, and lasses. No, uh, but I, I'm not a fan of the the idea that you have to be sick to create work, or indeed that that's where it comes mm. from. Obviously, it is mm-hmm. for some people. For some people, the the crisis is what mo- is what the work is about. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's a, it's a, a crutch and an excuse for a lot of people, um, an excuse to justify terrible behaviour, among other things, that you have to behave mm-hmm. like that to be an artist. Yeah. Um, uh, or, you know, uh, so to excuse uh, you, the horrible behaviour of your, your artistic geniuses, when the reality is that if you're a genius, you, you can get away with stuff, and that's why geniuses behave badly. They don't ever behave badly because it is in the nature of genius to mm. uh, be a womanizer, for instance. Mm. It's because if you're Picasso, you can get away with it. Yeah. Any, anybody without Picasso's talent with his fame would have had the opportunity to do the same thing, and many of them would have, would have mm-hmm. without being any good at drawing. Amen. Is my opinion. I know, I think it's good. <laughs> private view or view of privates? <laughs> Um, view of privates, please. I, I do enjoy seeing people naked, which is what I assume that means. <laughs> yeah. um, invisibility or super strength? Oh, hmm. Oh, that's a challenge. Um, I think I would... I think I always would have gone for invisibility, but I think I'm now going to go for super strength. I think it would be mm, more what practical. What made you change? Yeah. Well, just thinking about, you know, what if there was a crisis? <laughs> it would be really useful to be unexpectedly strong, I think, because I, yeah. I don't look like I would be strong. So it would be really... And I think invisibility, it would be so much more tempting to get yourself in, like, stuck in situations that would drive you insane. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, think of the outrageous... Think of the scrapes I'd get into at, <laughs> if, I, if I could become invisible. And the, yeah. yeah, the temptation to, to use that power for evil would be great, whereas I don't think I'd be tempted to use super strength uh, for my own nefarious no. ends. You say that, but we'll find out, I suppose. We'll, we'll find out when I am gifted <laughs> after this podcast ends yeah. with the power of super strength. Exactly. Can you separate the art from the artist? Um, it is unimportant, uh, in my view, because uh, they aren't connected in the first place, I think. Mm. Uh, so I'm I'm all with uh, Roland Barthes or whatever he is. He, obviously, meaning is constructed by the reader uh, or the viewer. Um, mm-hmm. You're not experiencing a direct communication with an artist when you're enjoying a piece of art. Everyone should stop pretending that you are. Um, Interesting. It's my view, but mm. um, but that doesn't mean that uh, the 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 artist is important. That doesn't mean that we get to uh, enjoy the the artist's work as if that they have no relation to it Mm. so i I, what am i getting at like if you've got hitler's paintings on your walls i'll raise an eyebrow Mm -hmm. about that 
because um, <laughs> he's not that bad a painter, but he's not oh, a sorry, good enough. I'll just take them down. <laughs> I didn't realise they were in shot. <laughs> he's not a good enough painter uh, that you would you would want to have them on there. I, uh, he didn't get into art college, did he? No, no. He used to sit outside pretending he got in, sit outside every day. Well, nobody Loser. ever said Hitler wasn't a wanker. Um, <laughs> bit of a poser, that's the thing about Hitler. That's an exclusive on this podcast. <laughs> Hitler, not a good guy. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> um, okay, a few more quick fire questions. Art or tech? Art. Yeah, tech is a means to an end. Art or books? Oh, uh, books, please. Art or food? Art. Food is a tedious distraction from being alive. <laughs> and finally, dicks or pussies? Hmm. Um, this can be in art or just in general. To look at, oh, if we're, okay, if we're in art, if we're talking aesthetically and to look at, mm. I'm going to go with uh, dicks, please. <laughs> dicks I don't know why I keep asking for them like it's, <laughs> like it's countdown. Uh, yeah. can, I have a, can I have a dick, please? <laughs> it's made it feel like we're in a cafe. Uh, yeah, dick, we'll have two dicks, please. <laughs> And oh, just oh, this is the last one. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that's fine then. We'll, we'll share. Yeah, do you normally do your art sort of alone without any distractions? Uh, I, I normally do it with many distractions from my girlfriend um, and I'm very <laughs> impatient with them. And, right. uh, I, I, and I, I'm very uh, often grumpy when I work, which I'm not proud mm -hmm. of. Um, but I find it very hard to do two things. Um, uh, uh, I'm not great at maintaining focus. But when I have it, uh, I'm not great at doing th two things at the same time. So if I, I really think I an answered the separate the art from the artist question badly because I was working on a difficult bit of the drawing. Um, oh, I think you answered it all very well, actually. Oh, good. So there. Good. I hope I haven't been too boring for your for your listeners. <laughs> no, you've been great. You've been brilliant. Should we share? I I, I need another minute. Need I'm, I, okay, I, I'm not doing it. I'm just waiting for the computer to do it. Uh, oh wow! Because I forgot. Because because I'm using my CPU to render it instead of my GPU. Classic. Classic <laughs> problem. But it's too late now. I don't know what any of that means, but... I'm sure I, at, I least, at least one of your listeners will know. You mean our one listener? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that your one listener is is well into GPUs. I th I th the, actually, my caveat for separating the art from the artist is that I think it's different with stand-up comedians. Because I think stand-up comedy mm. makes the promise, which is not accurate, not the honest promise, promise, but it's a promise that you are meeting a person. And yeah. this idea that comedians are meant to be bad people experiencing crazy stuff. The reality is, if you go and see one of those edgy comedians, you like them mm. and you admire mm. them, I think, in one way or another. You don't necessarily take it seriously. Yeah. And so that's why um, when you're Bill Cosby and you're, the persona you sold was a wholesome nation's granddad, this is why it's an issue, because it make, it tells us that all of the jokes you told us were a lie. That's why yeah. that's a problem. Uh, obviously, yeah. his behavior is a problem outside of that, but that's why it's a problem for the art that you made. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, different if you're, uh, you know, like uh, Polanski is a good filmmaker and mm -hmm. nothing in his films promises that he isn't an appalling artist who nobody should work with, because he is. <laughs> but his films are very good. And that's why people yeah. have worked with him, which I think is bad, because I think at, at the very least frowning upon that sort of thing is, th is, is what we should do. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's libelous, Stu. I can hear you scribbling, <laughs> but I'm pretty certain he, that, that is a known fact about Polanski. 
So furiously uh, <laughs> writing down well, I, <laughs> which um, I, I, time point we're on. We can all think of other directors who I could have accused of things that they haven't admitted to doing. So I haven't mentioned them. Um, that's why I chose Polanski, because it's not libel. But yeah, I, but, but knowing that about Polanski doesn't make Rosemary's Baby a worse film. Um, mm. It makes him a horrible, terrible person. But uh, but knowing a bad thing about Cosby changes the stand-up. You know, knowing mm. knowing that the uh, the the defeated mor- um, moralism in uh, Louis C.K.'s work is not reflected in his behaviour in real life damages the the sitcom Louis because you yeah. know because you know it's a lie. Yeah, uh, uh, and with or self justification on stage. Generally under your name, yes. So even though it might be a heightened version or a different, a different persona, it's still you're presenting as yourself, yeah. Really, and maybe it's one of the reasons why you shouldn't go on stage and say, "Hey, look how brilliant I am." But um, hey, but that's the act I've worked on, so it's too late now. I'm stuck with it. Mm. <laughs> okay, I think I have my. I've got uh, it's rendered, so I can oh switch God, over to it. Right. So, um, so that's <gasps> whoa. That is my oh my thing. God, that is incredible. I I I am still enjoying the flattery, although I, I get the impression you would be easily impressed by no. this. Whatever. Well, I've, I, this software has blown my mind anyway, <laughs> but it's so accurate, and I love the fact that you've done the hand, this sort of bright red. That was is it. A, red? Is it like a deep? It's it is red, but there's a bit of um, the highlight. It's got a blue highlight on it, look going a bit magenta. Um, that was yeah, the, that was the then, last choice I made to bring in a bit of colour because it's not a, a thing I would normally do. It's great, yeah, because you you're from the sort of gothic. Tradition, <laughs> That's originally. right, because I'm a part of the the English gothic. Uh, um, and the T Rex, not the T Rex, the Velociraptor. The shading on that is sensational. Well, admittedly, the computer does most of the work well, when it comes to shading. Well done to the computer. <laughs> But also proportionally, it's perfect. It's, it's not quite right. I don't think that's what thumb. I don't think that is what thumbs look like. But hey, neither is. I, I'm absolutely blown away. To be fair, um, the thumb in the original is also uh, that is not what thumbs look like. Whose thumb does 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 that? Oh uh, yeah, it's, that is a wonky old thumb. Um, what are the light sources in the picture? Uh, there are there are. Three lights, I think. There is a red light on the left-hand side. There's a blue mm. backlight, um, and then there's a a, a neutral light um, just off camera on the right-hand side. Actually, quite high up to create a bit of, if you can see, sort of rim light on the um, on the tail of the dinosaur. Mm. It's absolutely beautiful. It feels quite sort of peaceful in a way. Thank you. It doesn't. I hope it doesn't reflect how stressed I was uh, while no, trying to do all. it. And have you drawn an eye on the dinosaur as well? Oh, I've just realised it's showing you're looking at the <laughs> it's showing you the wrong picture. Um, <laughs> let me switch so you're looking at the. Oh, version. I've been looking at the photo the whole time. You're looking at the version that has the lights in it. Um, let me let me quickly switch to the right page. I really like the lights. Oh, there we go. Now, yes. So that was the behind the scenes version of it. Now you can see it without that. It's really beautiful. Mine is much more sort of trad. I need to see yours. Oh fuck. Well, I say trash. It's quite, it's quite strange. That's fantastic. I really, I look so terrifying in that. Just, just, yeah, sorry just hoving that. into frame. Just a single blue eye visible. <laughs> yeah, I've gone for sort of bright pink and blue. And it really does look like it's my wooden hand, like I'm the, the old man of the mountains. Oh, that's and true. I've, yeah, I'm some in in some post-apocalyptic future. I'm birthing little velociraptors. <laughs> 
with my animatronic <laughs> half automaton hand. Exactly. Wow. Um, oh, that's been really fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's that. It's was... been lovely to chat to you. Oh, I was so nervous. That was really nice. I don't know why you're nervous. I um, wanted to produce great art. But you have. I'd, and then I'd I did. frame that. Good. So there. Well, I enjoyed, I enjoyed, although don't technically count your compliments. Thank you. <laughs> great to have an artist from the tradition of the English Gothic on the podcast. About time too. Thank you to Alistair Beckett King. Remember to follow him on social media. He's on Twitter at Mr. ABK and on Instagram at It's Mr. ABK. He's got his own podcast, don't we all? So check that out. It's called The Lawman Podcast. And it's a funny podcast about local legends and forgotten folklore. You can see our artworks from today on the Secret Artist's social media account at Secret Art Pod. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, then why not give us an absolutely stunning review? Thanks very much. See you next time. Goodbye. Secret Artists is a Turtle Canyon comedy production for Acast. Music by Alistair Clayton. Quickfire Round music by Steve Dunn. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.